We taped that uh, intro and then we moved sets. <laughs> so it was like the nostalgia. Don't worry, the brick's coming back. Um, I'll be the next one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there you, you weren't even. <laughs> Delhi didn't make the cut. And by the uh, way, I've heard about this like every week since that, you know, apparently Angel's in that video and he's like, mm, hello. That was when we were having that seat rotate post Tyler. It was an interesting time. <laughs> post Tyler. Post Tyler. <laughs> But um, don't worry, the brick's coming back. The lighting still is is not what it used to be. We're we're in a we're in a transition stage. Uh, but I don't mind because all that matters is that I'm here, you're here, Delhi's here. We're all here. If we're hanging, it's cool. So fantastic show lined up for you guys today. Oh man, we got some angry feminists foaming at the mouth. Just what you want to see. She says actually that she wasn't put on earth to get married, to have babies, and to do the effing dishes. She's She's mad. That's all I'm going to say. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about a whole bunch of stuff. Let's give a little summary of what we're going to dig into. It's going to be a good show. It's going to be a smart show. I know. I have a very smart audience. All y'all, I'm telling you, some of the messages I get, very, very smart. Very plugged in, by the way, to the Matrix's antics, which I like. We're going to talk about obese women and how sometimes they have hypocritical standards when it comes to their men. Wait to hear what this one has to say. It's too much. Lizzo, by the way, y'all know Lizzo? You like Lizzo? I don't know. She claims she's the beauty standard and she put out a little video. We're going to play that video. Don't you worry of her talking about it. And then we're going to talk about what may have gone wrong in that video. We're going to talk about broken modern women and the bleak fate of women in the feminist era. There's some very sad stuff that's happening to women out there. There's a lot of denial going on initially, and then there's a lot of pain being felt. We're going to dig into that. And then I have to get a little political with you all today because we talk about this trans stuff. We talk about this gender stuff. It's all gone completely mad. And the Biden White House is putting out a statement on gender identity as it relates to sports that is absolutely insane. And it fueled a whole battle between a uh, biological woman, the female, swimmer Riley Gaines and Leah Thomas. Go, oh, it's intense. We're going to get into that. Also, some of you have been writing me asking me, why are stars like Dylan Mulvaney, why are these people getting these endorsements? Dylan Mulvaney is now making a ton of money. I think Dylan Mulvaney has about 10 million TikTok followers and people keep saying, well, why are they getting these endorsements? Why are these companies willing to do this, even though a company like Bud Light, even though it messes with their bottom line, why are they doing it anyway? There's a good reason. I'm going to tell you why. And then we're going to talk about China's social credit system and what's coming your way in the great old U.S. of A. And if you're watching from Europe, oh, you're already halfway there, unfortunately. We're going to dig into all that. Today's show is brought to you by one of my favorite, favorite companies, NYCIM, who is bringing my favorite supplement that is on the market. I took two today. The, the supplement is called Nadovim, N-A-D-O-V-I-M. It is a powerhouse for your brain. If you want to be more focused, if you want your memory to get sharper, you're struggling a little bit with your concentration, if you feel like you're getting that brain fog for whatever reason, if you're not sleeping great, whatever reason, or maybe you're just getting a little older and you're like, hmm, my brain doesn't feel like as sharp as it used to be. 
enter Nativim. It's a, it's a compound called NAD. Have you heard of this? It's NAD that you see in these fancy IVs. Joe Rogan has talked about them. Other celebrities are always hooked up to these machines getting these NAD IVs. Those can get expensive. Those can also be time consuming. And let's face it, some people don't like needles. They don't want to like deal with all that. NYCIM, that's the New York Center for Innovative Medicine out in Huntington, New York. They are fantastic. An incredible state-of-the-art medical center came up with Nativin, which is NAD in capsule form. It's medical grade. It has a whole bunch of other amazing botanical ingredients like cat's claw and bacopa and, and all sorts of stuff to help the absorption. And you get it just taking two capsules a day. It's completely clean, no heavy metals, no nasty stuff in there that's going to compromise the integrity of the product. You take two in the morning. I take them every morning and you are going to start to feel sharper in no time at all. Now, what is, just to, just to give you a reminder, what is NAD? Every single cell in your body needs it. It can't function without it. You can't live without it. As you get older, you make less and less and less of it, which is why a lot of people find themselves as they age feeling a little bit less sharp. Today, I have a very, very special offer for you. You're going to get 20% off your order of Nativim. You're going to go, go link into the description, and you're going to use code Jedediah at checkout. Just click on the link right in our description. It'll take you over to Nanavim. You'll get your 20%. I'm telling you, if there was one supplement, if you, if I if I travel and I don't want to carry a lot, I take my Nativim. If I'm going anywhere, I take my Nativim. I am never without my Nativim, which is why I'm able to do what I do here right now and be sharp as a tack as all times. Listen, I can't take on modern feminism and the matrix unless I'm sharp. Nativim helps me to do that. And also, you guys, if you're ever struggling with or know anyone who's struggling with anything chronic in, in your life, check out NYCIM, the New York Center for Innovative Medicine. I'm actually heading up to New York in just a few weeks to do some detox because I was exposed to some mold and it was making me a little crazy. Heading up there. They are fantastic. Um, Nativim is their product right now that I am super passionate about. I'm telling you, I wouldn't tell you to take it if I didn't trust it and I didn't take it myself. Love it. Okay. NYCIM, you know I love you. You know I love y'all. Can't wait to see you. you. Better get this mold out of my body is all I'm saying. Okay. Let's dig in. Oh, oh, look at that. We have an obese woman saying she wants a guy who weighs 150 pounds. Hmm. <laughs> all right. All right. Let's play the video. Let's play the video. This is from Just Pearly, who's getting into a little bit of controversy here and there. Let's play it. No. No, I'm not bothered about yes. a shape like that. Yes. Yes. yes, but not like <laughs> certain height. degrees, not like obsessed <laughs> height. Yeah, you got to be taller than me. I like yeah, uh, when I wear heels. Can you yeah. please still look a bit taller than me? That's all I ask for. <laughs> what about you in shape? Um, yes. Yeah, he does have to be in shape. <laughs> um, and by that, I don't mean that he has to, um, you know, have like the rock hard abs and, you know, be looking like the rock. No, but... Um, for me, I feel like it does come down to health as well. Like, it's not just about the way the person looks, but if they're healthy with it. Like, someone can be big and they can also be healthy. So it just depends on, obviously, how they are and how they decide to live. Yeah. Mm -hmm. do, you, do you feel like you're healthy? Yeah. <laughs> Might not look it, but I am. <laughs> would, you, would you be okay with a guy that was bigger than you? Um, no. As long as he was healthy? Uh, no, um, no, because I'm actually in the process of losing weight. Okay. So, no. Okay. Yeah. So how, how big about would you want him to be? Um, we can say about, um, I'm going to say around 150. Around 150. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What were you? No, I was just going to say. Okay, listen. For, First it, of all, Pearl, 
honey, I love it. You were you were biting your tongue on this one. You were like, what what do I say to this woman? Right. And it is awkward. Right. She's sitting right there. She's morbidly obese, right? Busting out left and right. And she's talking about how she wants a guy to be 150 pounds. By the way, 150 pound man is is on the significantly slender side. My husband, I'm trying to think, is probably like close to one. I'm 165. About, okay, Delhi's 165. Isn't it so interesting, Delhi? Because you read as, it's, this is a, an important moment. You see the differences between men and women. Because Delhi reads as kind of slim to me. 165. And I weigh like 115. <laughs> Look at that. Like a so interesting how guys just carry weight. Like even even a slender guy weighs so much more than a woman. Wow. That's crazy. Anyway, my husband's probably around, I think he's probably close to 180. Um, if I had to guess. I don't know what you are right now, Jeremy, but that's that's what I would guess. Um she wants a 150. She wants a slim man, essentially. And she's let's bring the can we bring the imagery back up of her again and just hold okay, let's just take a pause of what's going on here. All right. So she says he has to be in shape. She wants 150. And she says it comes down to health. Comes down to health. Does she look healthy to you? Does that look like a healthy body weight? So let me just say, you cannot be obese. You cannot be obese and be healthy. Because healthy implies that you're not putting yourself at risk of or increased significant risk of disease. And when you are obese, you can take it down now. When you are obese you are putting yourself at significant risk of disease, heart disease, all, all sorts of things, right? We talked about when COVID came around, we were all talking about the comorbidities, and it was known that you were putting yourself at risk for those comorbidities. Uh, if you had those comorbidities, you were putting yourself at greater risk you know, for serious disease when it came to COVID. And one of those risk factors was obesity. Nobody could talk about that, of course, because you know the woke don't let you say that. But that was the bottom line. Obesity was a problem, and not just for COVID, but for anything that comes around the bend, right? It's not a good thing. So she says, Just Pearlie says to her, do you, do you think you're healthy? And she's like, well, yeah. Yeah, I do. Why, honey? Why do you think you're healthy? Why have you made that assumption? Then what's interesting is the next question is, can a guy be bigger than you? Would you be okay with a guy who's bigger than you? Well, no. Pearlie says, but w what if he's healthy? Well, no, no. Why does she say No. If she's saying, well, I'm big and I'm healthy, why couldn't a guy be bigger than her and also be healthy? Because she knows that it's not a sign of health. She knows she's not healthy. She's not putting herself in a healthy space by being obese. She knows that she doesn't want to be with a man who's unhealthy. And why don't you want to be with a man who's unhealthy as a woman? Because how can you rely or lean on a man who's unhealthy? You can't. You can't. You're putting yourself in a danger zone if you've got a man next to you who's unhealthy. We all know that. So she wants there to be a separate set of standards. Now, I wonder... How she'd feel if a guy said, uh, yeah, I'll be with you, but you got to lose like 80 pounds or something. I want a woman who's around 120. She'd be like, that is horrible what you just said. I guarantee you there would be outrage. There would be a feeling of like he had said something wrong. In the meantime, she's saying it. How could you sit there and be morbidly obese and be talking about how you want a 150 pound guy? You're going to crush that guy. If you're that weight and you got a guy that's 150, I don't even, can you even see, I always struggle with like the sexual dynamics too when there's one obese person. Don't you think, think about it. It's just something so unsavory to me about it. Regardless, here's the bottom line, honey. Listen, you're not in a healthy situation. Very pretty girl. You have a pretty face. You could put yourself in optimal health. This isn't it. And if you're going to be obese, you really, 
you have a perfect right to say you want a guy who's 150 pounds, but a guy who's 150 pounds, a guy who's in shape, as you say, even a guy who's 170, 180, 200, whatever he may be and is in shape, is not going to be looking at you because you clearly don't care about your health if you're putting yourself in the predicament of obesity that you're in. You can't be obese. I'm sorry. You can't be obese and tell me that you are concerned about health. Health and wellness is your number one. No, honey, it's not. It's very clear. So I just love when these double stanzas are on display. I'd never seen something so bold as that, though, to be sitting, busting out, chunk, and talking about how you want a guy to be 150, healthy, who takes his health and body and, and athletics seriously. I mean, could you even? You can't make it up sometimes what we do here. Speaking of that, let's talk about Lizzo. So I have Lizzo fans here. Uh-oh. About to rattle some feathers, ruffle some feathers, rattle some chains. So I see this uh, article about Lizzo, People Magazine. Lizzo celebrates her looks in candid video. I am the beauty standard, she says. Oh, interesting. Grammy winner, 34, showed herself some love in a candid video shared on Instagram on Saturday. This is last Saturday. Scroll down, Deli. Can you play the video directly from here? Can you play that TikTok? Right? Yeah, you can play it right here. This is the video that she released on her TikTok. Let's watch. I just finished showering and doing my little routine. And you know what I realized? I am fucking gorgeous. I am the beauty standard. <sighs> Catch up, bitch. Her phone would not even be there. <laughs> So the phone got a beating in the process. Oh, my God. I mean, she's like, oh, oh, oh. I mean, everything is. okay. so here's the thing. I'm not here to attack, you know, your own sense of self-confidence, whatever it is. You can believe whatever you want. She's saying she's the beauty standard. Do I believe that she's entirely comfortable with what she looks like? I don't just because she's always obsessively talking about how everybody comments on her body. And this person said this about me. And this person said this about me. And there's like a, it's like obsessive. If you're really comfortable in your own skin, you really just don't care what anybody says about you. you you're not worried about what the world is saying about your body because you're comfortable in your own skin. That I, I don't see it. But here's the problem with it being the beauty standard, as she says. And here's a problem with a society now that elevates this and puts it on the covers of magazines. Fat is healthy. Put it on. I think it was Cosmo that had it on there. And you're just leading society down a path of, you know, physical distress, you know, unhealthy patterns of behavior, medication dependency, depression, and all sorts of things. Because the odds are that if you're, first of all, if you're that fat, you are going to be more prone to disease. Secondly, if you're that fat, most members of the opposite sex aren't going to want to be with you, right? They're going to have their own standards. They're going to look at you and say, number one, that's not attractive to me because most people aren't drawn or attracted to obesity. That's just a reality, right? Secondly, if it's somebody who wants a, a life partner, they're going to be looking at you and saying, well, this is somebody who doesn't care about their health, doesn't take their health seriously. Well, they're not eating right. They're not exercising. They're not trying to lose weight. They don't care about their own longevity. So if they don't care about their own longevity, why would I want to sign up for a life with them? So let's just be honest that obesity isn't the beauty standard. And as much as media is trying to make it the beauty standard, because they're all about woke and self-appreciation and pharma funded media, of course, wants you to be fat because then you're more prone to disease and you're more medication dependent. And by the way, if you're fat, you're more likely to be depressed, anxious, unhappy. Oh, maybe they can pop some antidepressants, big pharma antidepressants or big pharma anxiety drugs while they're at it. It's all connected, right? It's, it's all, you know, weaponry of the system. 
Um, and also the fatter people get, the less they are attracted to each other. You got lonely, depressed, single people, you know, you see how this can lead to societal breakdown. And if you look at pictures, I show these pictures often of people, regular average people just hanging out on the beach in like 1975. Everybody looks so skinny. We're all like, oh my God, everybody looks like they're in shape, like they've been to the gym. And it wasn't a gym culture then. It wasn't. I mean, even when I was younger, women in particular were not in the gyms, but they were all slim. Like I don't remember many fat, even when I was in high school, it was not a trend to be over because food wasn't as, you know, garbage food existed, but not in the amount that it does now. We were a much less sedentary culture. We were out, we were active, not sitting on a phone doing this all day long. It's a different society. And also it wasn't glorified. So if you aspired to be, you know, on the cover of a magazine, you weren't going to try to look like Lizzo because Lizzo wasn't getting on the cover of a magazine in 1990. You know, she wasn't. Now it's like, oh, this is beautiful. This rolls and all this stuff that is indicative of poor health. Or proclivity toward poor health because you're making yourself susceptible to disease. So let's just be honest about that. It's not the beauty standard and it shouldn't be the beauty standard to be obese. Can we just say that without, you know, oh, the horror. Yeah, whatever. The horror. Okay. I saw this uh, very, very interesting um, graphic that popped up in my feed. I think it was on my, I'm not sure if it was on my Twitter. I think it was on my Instagram this is number three deli. If you pull it up, you can pull it up. Okay. So I see first the graphic and it's a woman. She says, nah, it says, I wasn't just put on this earth to lose weight, get married, have babies and do the effing dishes. Okay. And then if you read more here, it says my self-worth doesn't depend on these things. Thanks. So many more people congratulated me on my engagement than when I got a full-time role at Google. Far more people celebrated my weight loss than my promotion. Lots of people have asked when I want to have babies, but few ask about my goals. I'm not defined by the gender roles you place on me. Okay. This is your new modern woman. This is her. She's irritated when you when somebody asks, you know, not only irritated by questions about, oh, are you getting married? Oh, do you want to have kids? Irritated by that. Because again, she's disconnected so much from her womb, disconnected so much from her femininity that those questions are like, you're trying to put her in a box. That immediately translates to her as like, you want me to be a 1950s housewife? You know, all of the talking points roll out. She's bothered that you don't want to know more about her independent streak, her boss babe streak, her promotion. You know, she's even mad that you're more excited about her engagement than her promotion, which tells you everything about how she feels about her upcoming marriage. She's more excited about her job than her marriage. Weird to me, very strange to me. I could never be as excited about a job as I would be about family, marriage, like all of that stuff lights me up in a way that I love what I do here. I love having these conversations with you. But for me, family is like here, you know, all the way up. You can't see it all the way up, right? Above all else. Not for these women. Imagine how her future husband feels, by the way, or her current husband at this point feels that she's saying, well, I'd rather get congratulated on my promotion at Google than my engagement. Oh, he must feel so special, right? But what I want to drill in is something that I talked about the other day with you, which is that this is the face of the new modern women, um, woman. This is, this is how they view the world. This, is, this, is, this isn't like they're fighting against their instinct. 
like as if their instinct is to be a traditional woman and their instinct is to be a mom and their instinct is to take care of the home and they're fighting that because feminism told them to. No, I actually think they've lost all of that instinct. It's been deadened. It's been broken. It's not here anymore. That's why when they talk about promiscuity proudly, there's like a glaze over their eyes because they they don't even get why it's a problem. That's why when you ask them about kids or marriage, there's almost a grimace that forms because they're so disconnected and so detached and so broken away from all of those traditional values. It's not in them anymore. So I think what you see is a lot of guys trying to like get these women, these modern women to behave the way like they want them to like, oh, but can't, maybe, maybe I can show her a new way and she'll go back and be more traditional. It's gone. It's gone. So I think what you're dealing with now is just new women. Again, they're not suppressing a desire to take care of the home or to take care of kids because society is telling them they should. They just don't have those instincts anymore. They don't want to be a mom. Like they don't feel compelled to be a mom. They'd rather dress the little dog up in a little bow and a little outfit because it's easy. They want a more selfish life. They want me, 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 me. They want to climb the corporate ladder. They want to wake up at noon if they can on a lazy day. They don't want to be up all night nursing a baby. They don't want those things because they've lost all of those natural instincts. They're deadened. You know, you think about a nerve when a nerve, you ever, anyone ever have nerve damage? Not to say it, I have. So it gets deadened and you lose sensation. That stuff is lost. Can it come back? I don't know. I don't know. I firmly believe that these women that we're, when we talk about modern women, and I'm not saying, by the way, all women, but I'm saying this class of women now that would write something like this, that would feel so angry that somebody congratulated them more on their engagement than their promotion, so much so that I would make a graphic and say I wasn't put on this earth to lose weight, get married, have babies, and do the effing dishes. These women, I think they're lost causes. I really do. I think the chip has been put in there, and it's it, it's you're, you're just a new person now. I think they would look at somebody like me and be like, this woman is nuts. I really do. I think we're a different species of, different breed of woman. Also, what's wrong with losing weight? You can't even say to somebody, oh, you lost some weight. You never know back in the day somebody lost weight and you'd be like, oh, you lost some weight. You look great. Now it's like, did I not look great before when I was fat? Well, no, honey, you didn't actually now that you asked. You look fat and now you don't. That's why I complimented you. See, that's why I could never run for office because this is how I talk. Can you imagine me up there in a podium running for president talking like this? Holy mother of earth. All right. So this is your new modern women, guys. There's a lot of them in the dating pool and your job is going to be to avoid these women. <laughs> but there's a lot. You're going to be like, you know, dodgeball. <laughs> it's going to be something like that for y'all. Sad. Get out of the cities. Get out of the woke states. Maybe you'll have a chance. Okay. Now, the challenge here is that you have these women, and I loop these together for a reason. You have these women that are so like vehemently agitated when you talk about anything traditional, doing the dishes. God forbid you do the di- Well, honey, you like a dirty house? nasty anyway do the dishes do the oh my god oh, what am i a housekeeper 
But in the same breath, you've got women who are so unhappy. So they're embracing all of feminism. They're embracing promotions at Google. They're embracing, I don't need a man, or my engagement is secondary to my job. They're embracing, I'm never going to take care of the home, and I may never want to be a mom, and I may not even need a man. They're embracing all that. And in the same breath, you know what they're doing? They're crying themselves to sleep at night, usually with a big old bottle of Chelsea Handler wine, right? Right? Am I right? Okay, let's look at this video. Number four. Okay, let me see if I have... All right, you see uh, that? Yeah, you should mute that. Let me see if I have... Did I print that out real small? If not, Deli, can you pull it up? Would you be able to read that, Deli, do you think? You, can you see that? Zoom in for you. Yeah, let me see if you... Oh, I'm almost 33. I often feel... Okay, here we go. So look, think about the age. Almost 33. Still young, but she's now left her 20s and she's alone. I often feel so left behind in life. I spend most of my time alone. No big friend circle or a serious relationship. I go to bed by 2 a.m. every night scrolling TikTok of all things. I spend a F ton of money on useless things to deal with my depression, anxiety. I'm still struggling after some trauma, but I have so much hope that this year I might finally heal. I also did start loving myself. Okay. So look at all that stuff. Trauma. What's the trauma from? Well, the trauma is because they often have a long promiscuous phase where they get discarded and they jump in and out of bed and they're dating guys. They're doing the whole like, you know, bad female behavior thing that catches up with them. Then they're 32 and they're like, what have I done? Wasted a whole bunch of time. None of these guys are around. None of these guys want to talk to me. None of these guys cared about me. So they've got trauma. They're depressed. Her own words. They're anxiety ridden. They're lonely. They're sad. So in one breath, they've embraced all of this, you know, oh, my promotion at Google. And, and in another breath, that promotion at Google is not keeping them warm at night. So you're going to wind up with a pretty serious, um, pretty serious, and it's right here, actually, that next one Delhi is linked to. It. I don't know if you see that tweet. It says, it's the big millennial crash that's coming that no one is talking about. What happens when a generation of women raised on sex in the city becomes middle-aged, 35 plus, without a family? It's going to be the greatest cautionary tale against feminism. And that is what's happening. It's happening right now. Only what they're doing is they're, instead of looking at the why, now they're just wallowing, right? These are going to be your big government voters. They're not going to have a man in the house. They're going to be financially less secure. They're going to vote for big daddy government. These are your Joe Biden voters, as I call them. Or your, whoever the big, Kamala Harris, whoever it may be. Whoever's going to promise them something. They're feeling empty, they're feeling scared, they're feeling depressed, they're feeling lonely, and they're feeling like they can't afford the life they want. They're single, and so government becomes husband, daddy, all of the above. So these are your Democrat voters. These are going to be your big pharma customers. These are going to be, you know, depressed, anxious. And also, you know, you, you look at women like Chelsea Handler, for example. I saw there was that viral video that went out. I don't know if you saw, but... Um, Adam had given some commentary on his show and Chelsea Handler had clipped a portion of that. And I think there was a bunch of stuff she had clipped and that was in there. And she's trying to tell the world all the time that she's happy, that she's really made the right choice. Why are you always holding a bottle of liquor when you're doing it then, honey? 
Happy people don't drink themselves into a stupor. Happy people don't need to constantly announce how happy they are to the world. Happy people aren't always, you know, trying to like, oh yeah, see, I didn't have kids and uh, I don't need a man and I'm just, I got my vibrator and my bottle of wine here and everything's great. That That's just <laughs> not, yeah, that's just <laughs> not how happy people behave. You know, anytime you see someone saying they're happy and they've got a big old bottle of wine in their hand, you know what's really going on there. So it's like the Chelsea Handler generation now. And I, you know, I remember Sex in the City being on when I was younger. And I, you know, I never really thought about, because I came from a good family and I, I was not in that head at all and I didn't go down a promiscuous road. That was just not something that appealed to me at all. I don't think I really thought about the effect it was having on culture and on women. But there were so many women that were thinking that a bunch of like 30-somethings going around the city alone, acting really like 20-somethings, you know, unattached, always in and out of some relationship drama, lonely, sleeping around, you know, it, like that that was somehow something to model your life after and, and be excited to do. How that was going to lead a whole bunch of women toward a horribly dark path because those women weren't, they were in a television show, Right. They that was just TV. But for all those girls watching at home, that was like they idealized Carrie Bradshaw. And they were like, oh, yeah. And I remember saying like, yeah, honey, the real Carrie Bradshaw wouldn't be happy. And she also wouldn't be living in that apartment, which would cost a hell of fortune in New York City. And she makes like two bucks. So, you know. It's a lot of the a lot of the television. It's true. And I think I think if I'm not mistaken, that the writers of one of the writers or producers of Sex and the City had come out and said at one point that there was a lot of regret about the messaging on um, not having children. And I, I believe they're, they're, that's out there somewhere. I should have looked that up, actually, that link to this pretty well. But you will see a lot of regret and you're going to see a lot of pain. You're going to see a lot of suffering in these women. Um, and it's going to be horrible. Now, will it reflect on feminism? Well, feminists are going to have to rush to make some excuse, right? They're going to say, well, this is because guys aren't good guys. This is because women can't lean on men properly. This is because, you know, women, uh, government isn't properly taking care of single moms. They're never going to point to the reality of that feminism led to breakdown of the family and led to a miserable population of women that are increasingly depressed, anxious, and seeking government dependency. They're never going to point that finger in the direction of feminism where it belongs. They're going to point that to finger at society, at patriarchy, and at men. So will people swallow it? Will society swallow it? Or will they just respond appropriately and say, uh, I think feminism's to blame. Remains to be seen. Remains to be seen. Okay. Let's go to Joe Biden here. Oh, man. <sighs> okay. We got to talk about sports. Y'all like sports? I typically don't like sports, just so you know. I'm not somebody who likes sports. I, I used to like to cheer. I never played. I ran track just because I like to run. It would de-stress me when I was younger. And I was a cheerleader. Shocking. And everyone in the audience is like, no way, Jet. Yes. I thought all the boys in the grade school when I was in middle school on the basketball team were cute. I was like, yeah, I'd go out and had my little, you know, pom-pom, all that. So I don't think we had pom-poms, actually. We had little something. But yeah, I was a cheerleader. I wasn't into sports. But what's going on right now with sports is scary. All of this trans mania. So anyway, I see this statement from Joe Biden and it piques my interest because we had Riley Gaines on the show way back. You can go back and watch that interview, head back and see. I had a big conversation with her early on when I first started. But H.R. 734 
Protection of Women and Girls in Sports Act of 2023 comes out of Republicans, right? They're trying to protect women's sports. You see all this crazy stuff with these, these, these biological men coming into women's sports? This is crazy. So the Biden administration comes out and gets upset about it. And they say H.R. 734 would deny access to sports for many families by establishing an absolute ban on transgender students, even those as young as elementary schoolers, playing on a team consistent with their gender identity. In other words, somebody who woke up one day and said, I'm not a girl, I'm a boy, and decided they want to play on the boys team, for example. usually goes the other way, but... Schools, coaches, and athletic associations around the country are already working with families to develop participation rules that are fair and that take into account particular sports grade levels and levels of competition. As a national ban that does not account for competitiveness on grade levels, H.R. 734 targets people for who they are and therefore is discriminatory. So in other words, Republicans came out and wanted to protect girl sports because if you you will have the disintegration and the eradication of female sports if you have biological men coming in and, and play in the sports. You can't do that. Men are stronger than women. I mean, if you, if you have biological men, and I don't care if they're on the hormones and this, that, you have them coming in on women's sports, women's sports will cease to exist. Women won't be able to place. They're going to come in, you know, way behind. So normal people are like, let's just protect women's sports. No, not the Biden administration, because we have to cave to the woke. We have to cave to Leah Thomas. We have to cave to the woke. So we have to just obliterate women's sports. Notice, by the way, where are the feminists? Where are the fraudulent, lying, deceitful, bitter feminists out? Where are they? Are they defending women in women's sports against this onslaught where biological men are now entering and coming and competing with with biological women? No, they're not because they're frauds. That's why they don't care about women. They don't care about any of that stuff. Okay, so the Biden administration comes out with that and Riley Gaines Oh, man, she's had enough competitive swimmer. You know, she doesn't swim anymore, but she's she's tired. She's outspoken. She doesn't care. She's feisty, too. I like it. There's this video that's released, you know, Leah Thomas, right, who placed all that. Remember, we did the video, big giant, literally jolly green giant. Leah Thomas puts out a video talking about, by the way, how the Biden administration's proposal that they put forth doesn't go far enough. And just to give you background before we play that, the Biden administration proposal essentially says that schools and colleges across the U.S. would be forbidden from enacting outright bans on transgender athletes. And um, they basically revised Title IX. It would be a proposal that would be a provision of Title IX that would prevent schools and colleges from enacting outright bans on transgender athletes. Okay, in in in, you know, for example, in women, bio- a, a trans woman couldn't compete against a biological woman. Right. But, you know, the Biden administration, no, 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 you can't ban that. You can't prevent that. And it would affect a lot of states because there's 16 states now that have bans in effect covering high school and interscholastic sports. Right. Red states, of course. So that would become a problem for that. And there's all sorts of questions like, does the Biden administration care about states' rights? No, it doesn't care about states' rights. They don't care. All they care about is let's cater to the woke. That's all they care about. But there's some provisions in here that say, for example, that, you know, at the college levels and at above levels, there would be it would be at the discretion of the sports teams if there's danger involved. For example, a sport like wrestling that coaches or schools could step in and maybe make a decision there. Well, of course, because... Because if you have in a school a biological male coming in and wrestling a biological female, how do you think that's going to go for the woman? 
It's going to be dangerous. And they know that, so they know there has to be a stipulation in there that allows the schools to, at least in certain circumstances, step in and say, I don't, I think this one's a no-go. So Leah Thomas comes out and says, I appreciate what the button, what the button team is doing, but it's not enough. It's not enough. Let's play the video of Leah Thomas, and then we'll read what Riley Gaines said above it. Look. My name is Leah Thomas. I'm a transgender woman, a former college swimmer. A man, a biological man. To be named Division I NCAA champion. I started swimming when I was five years old, and it has taught me so much. It has given me so many opportunities to learn, grow, develop, and connect with my peers. Opportunities that I wouldn't have gotten if I didn't have access to athletics. That's why it breaks my heart to see trans kids across the country lose out on these opportunities. The Department of Education has proposed a new rule for Title IX regarding transgender athletes. This rule would prohibit blanket bans on transgender kids, especially in grades K through eight. However, it would not prohibit discrimination against trans kids in the high school and college levels under the guise of competitive fairness. This rule is a good start. However, it is not enough. During this time of intense anti-trans backlash, the trans community needs explicit protections from discrimination in order to live our lives freely and equally. Okay, so notice how, I mean, it's ridiculous. I love how they call it discrimination. It's now discrimination. I could lose my mind. Discrimination to just say, you're a biological male. You can't compete against biological women because you will defeat that person. And that girl who's worked her whole life to achieve in sports doesn't have a chance against you because of the hormonal makeup you have based on biology. That is discrimination and bigoted to say now. I'm tired. I'm really tired. So Riley Gaines wrote above it, by the way. She's been everywhere. She's doing a lot of interviews now. Um, Under the guise of competitive fairness, she says, are you really trying to say you would have won a national title against the men? Talking to Leah Thomas. Does it not break your heart to see women lose out on these opportunities? The Biden administration proposed bill denies science, truth, and common sense. All true. All true. How is it fair? How is it fair to let a biological man, big old jolly green giant biological man in to compete against women in women's sports? How do you call that women's sports if you got a guy in there? I mean, are we in in cartoon land now that we can't just say, listen, do what you want as an adult. You're a grown adult. You want to take hormones. You want to do what, what surgery, whatever you want to do with your life. It's up to you. I will protect your freedom to make those decisions for yourself, no matter how I feel about them. But now you're deciding that you get to break the rules and you get to go in and you get to say, I am a woman because I think I am. And therefore I get to compete against women and women's sports. And all of these women that have worked their whole lives for those opportunities get to get pushed aside because I say I'm a woman. Yeah. You know what, honey? I say I'm a Fox, but I'm not. I can't. I actually wanted to point something out. Too. Yeah. <laughs> From yeah. someone that edits and shoots interviews like this all the time. Mm-hmm. This is scripted. If you look oh, in the bottom left corner, this computer right here, they're reading the whole time. That's why each sentence is cut up into different segments. Of course. So, Because it's not something they wrote. This is something someone told them to read. Uh, yeah, it's probably in a prompter. What the is shirt it? is a whole it's prop a whole itself, thing. too. Yeah, well, it's all it's all that. And the hair is all curled and done and ready. this, that. I mean, everything <laughs> is like camera ready. Yeah, that's right. It, it's just This is just orchestrated. It, it's, it's crazy what's going on right now. And it's, we, this is what I'm telling you about voting because the Biden administration doesn't care about – all they care about is their little sticker 
I'm in the woke club. I support the woke causes. Everybody out there who's been brainwashed and is crazy and mentally disturbed, come vote for me. So this is why I say forget. I mean, you got to focus on local elections and you got to focus on choosing a place to live where governors and people aren't completely out of their minds who can look at this and just say, listen, you do what you want, but you don't belong in women's sport. I mean, you can't you just look at Leah Thomas and, and come to that conclusion. Come on. Pull up, Deli, if you can. Yeah, Find that picture to. of Leah Thomas standing, standing in. A, yes. <laughs> Let's just remind everybody about what that looks like. And I'll just be doing this while you do that. Because what a crazy world we're living in. <sighs> so I also found a video. You can, Whenever you have it, you can just pull it up. I also found a... Oh, he, okay. Okay. I mean, is, you, know what I, you know what I'm saying? At some point... How ridiculous is this? That this is the reality? We can't point out that there's an unfair advantage here? No, they're all the same. Oh, well, that's a woman and that's a woman and, and that's not. I mean, look at the size and stature of Leah Thomas. I can't. And really, what a good point, too. What, how would Leah Thomas be doing if Leah Thomas had to swim against men? Well, I can tell you because the re his record... As a man, swimming against men sucked. It sucked. Found a loophole. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Quite a loophole. All right. So let's talk about child grooming. I'm on a roll today. And this is a little bit of a different show today because I, I think this stuff with, you know, the trans activism and where it's, it's gone it was one thing when it was just live and let live, you know, and I was on board with all that. I don't want to tell anybody else what to do and I don't need to be in your bedroom and it's really your life. But now this is targeting children. This is targeting women's sports. This is, this is really getting sick. And the reason I devoted today's show a lot in large part to it is because this is also part of the matrix agenda. This grooming of children, this constant, oh, got to read, you know, drag stories to kids all the time. It's, it's this why. Why do you need to do this? So I found this video. This is from Leftism for You. Let's play it. It's number eight. Oh, I'm sorry. It's number seven, Deli. That's lady. You said this is a lady? Yes. That's not a lady, though. That's an uncle? That's not an uncle either. Grandma? That's a non-binary person. Person? Non-binary. Non-binary. Non Binary. Right. Good job. Yeah, you know what? That kid's reaction is my reaction. Yeah, that. That's a two-year-old. I have a three-year-old, okay? So these are very impressionable minds. And this is what kids are being told now. You see the kid in the video just being like, oh, that's a lady. Smart enough to identify right? your two-year-old. is like, typically you'd be like, yeah, great. My two-year-old knows that's a girl. That's a boy. It's just, you know, actually is translating reality to voice to speech. No, no. Let's confuse the child with, with you know, falsity. That's not a lady. Is it an uncle? No, it's not an uncle either. Is it a grandma? No, it's not. A, it's non-binary. So now you're teaching a two-year-old about non-binary. Okay, this is where we're at. Is that and 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 you know, people who believe these things are having children. They're raising children with these distortions of like a boy and a girl 
isn't a thing. That biology isn't a thing. That sex isn't a thing. That gender is a construct. That everything is societally distributed to people and nothing actually is derived from your anatomy and your hormonal makeup. I mean, this is fiction. This is a fictional world. You're now, you're now, talk about misinformation. You're now completely brainwashing kids with inaccuracies. And you know what happens then? Those kids go to school and this stuff's getting reinforced. This fluidity, everything is fluid. Everything is subjective. Words don't have meaning. What is the world going to look like in 20 or 30 years? What are women's sports going to look like in 20 or 30 years? Really, what's going to be, what is a, a typical day at school for your kid? Drag story hour and then what? Stripping at, at school? I mean, I just don't understand why everybody's head was on straight for so long about, you know, you couldn't have like a, 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 a regular strip club come to a, a kid's school and just strip, right? Everybody knew that, okay, that's not appropriate. But now, because everybody's in drag and it's stripping, it's like, oh, no, this is, this is about inclusiveness. This is teaching your child to love everyone. Really? Because to me, it just looks like inappropriate nakedness in front of kids. So just know where this is headed. Um, it's dark. It's dark. And remember, you know... <laughs> The matrix thrives, the system, the matrix, whatever you want to call it. It thrives on sickness. It thrives on weakness. It thrives on mental illness. It thrives on physical illness. It thrives on unwell, unstable people who are medication dependent, confused, um, in need of government assistance, unable to take care of their own lives. If you are a sane, well-adjusted, you know, uh, fit competent, healthy person, you are not buying into three masks, uh, two shots and a jab and, you know, uh, checking in every hour to see how your carbon emissions are doing. Am I right? Okay. Keep that in mind. So I looked into, I was, I was trying to figure out, I got some questions about, you know, why, why is this push for wokeness happening from companies? You know, we covered Bud Light. We covered Dylan Mulvaney. We covered why? And when you see that it affects their bottom line negatively, right? And you're like, okay, well, if they're, if they're losing cash, why are they doing it, right? Isn't a goal of a, of a business supposed to be profit? <laughs> Not anymore. Okay, here we go. You ready? In case you didn't know what was going on, you're about to find out. Inside the CEI system, pushing brands to endorse celebs like Dylan Mulvaney. Okay, this is from the New York Post. And it talks about executives at companies like Nike and Einhauser-Busch and Kate Spade, whose brand endorsements have turned controversial trans influencer Dylan Mulvaney into today's woke it girl, aren't just virtue signaling. This is important. It's not just about virtue signaling. This is what it's about. They're handing out lucrative deals to what were once considered fringe celebrities because they have to or risk failing an all-important social credit score that could make or break their business. At stake is their corporate equality index. Remember that, CEI, it's important. Think about it. It's going to show up a lot in the news. It's overseen by the Human Rights Campaign, the largest LGBTQ plus political lobbying group in the world. It has received millions from George Soros's Open Society Foundation, among others. It issues report cards for America's biggest corporations via the CEI, awarding or subtracting points for how well companies adhere to what HRC calls its rating criteria. Businesses that attain the maximum 100 total points earn the coveted title 
best place to work for LGBTQ equality. 15 of the top 20 fortune ranked companies received 100% ratings last year. The HRC, which was formed in 1980 and started the CEI, is led by Kelly Robinson, who was named as president in 2022 and worked as a political organizer for Barack Obama's 2008 presidential campaign. Shocking. Okay, so look at the woke ratings, if you will. There's a little there's a little chart there. Yep, you got it up, Deli. This is what it. So they rate you and you get five points, 50 points, 25 points maximum for these things. Workforce protections, no discrimination for employment, for sexual orientation or gender identity. Okay. Inclusive benefits. Criteria here includes providing health care for same-sex couples. Supporting an inclusive culture, including gender-neutral dress codes and trans-inclusive restroom facilities policy. Corporate social responsibility, marketing or advertising to LGBTQ consumers. Okay. What does that mean? (laughs) Dylan Mulvaney. That's what it means which would include Nike and Bud Light's use of transgender spokespersons. So they got to hire people that speak to the community. Responsible citizenship. Points deducted. You lose 25 points if a company gives money to organizations whose primary mission includes advocacy against LGBTQ equality, which is not defined, but could include Christian groups. Okay? In other words, not just Christian, by the way. Religious groups. Religious groups that oppose... You know, this stuff, the LGBTQ mission, by virtue of them being just religious, if you're affiliated with them, if you give money to them, if you have a charity association with them, you'll use you'll lose 25 points. Okay, sick. A company can lose points if it doesn't fulfill the demands for integration of intersectionality and professional development, skills based or other training. Or if it doesn't use a supplier diversity program with demonstrated effort to include certified LGBTQ plus suppliers. Okay. And it says it doesn't just sit back passively. This is interesting. HRC sends representatives to corporations every year telling them what kind of stuff they have to make visible at the company. They give them a list of demands. And if they don't follow through, there's a threat that you won't keep your score. Uh Uh-oh. As a result, some American CEOs are more concerned about pleasing BlackRock, Vanguard, and State Street Bank, who are among the top shareholders to most American publicly traded corporations than they are about irritating conservatives. In other words, they don't care about their customer base anymore. That's why everybody was like, Bud Light's customer base is not going to be drawn to Dylan Mulvaney. Why the heck is Dylan Mulvaney the spokesperson? Here's why. Because they want these points. Because they want to be in good favor with BlackRock and they want to be in good favor with shareholders. and They want to be in good favor with everyone who can say, this is a woke company. You get this. You get this perk. You get this financial investment. You get this. That's why. This is the matrix. It's not just about, you know, when we talk about the Tates. So this is the matrix. Think of it like a giant umbrella. The grooming, the stuff going on in schools with the drag stories, forcing everything's down kids' throats all the time about all of that stuff, the indoctrination that's happening to young people, the CEI system and the hiring of these spokespeople, these companies going woke. It's all under one umbrella. <laughs> and you know what it all does? It all sinks a society. We are a decaying, amoral society. More and more, day by day, Thanks to all of this trash that's overtaking. And that's a fact. Yeah, a lot Disgusting. of people also got to remember, too, that BlackRock and Vanguard nearly own every company, especially every that's public right. company out there. That's right. That's right. And, you know, I love I love when people say, like, 
this was the talking point. Remember when COVID hit and everyone was like, you know, ABC and Disney were making all of these big decisions. Just as an example, Fox, you know, News Corps is another example. So I'm not even making a political point here, but it was like they're making, you know, decisions about mandates and vaccination and this. And everyone's like, well, it's a private business. It's a private business. They can do whatever they want. Yeah, sure. Sure. But this is not a mom and pop shop down the street making an individual decision. These are big companies tied into big, woke, strategic, you know, large umbrellas tied into politicians and political organizations tied into, you know, investment capital. Like it's all connected, holding hands, making these decisions. This isn't like Bob who runs Bob's shoe store down the block making a decision about you having to walk in with a mask. This is much bigger, much more powerful, and much more sinister than that. So you have these big corporations that are tied in with big government, that are tied in with all of these institutions that are wrecking people's lives. They don't care about their customer base anymore. That's why I say always, I'm telling you, everything I promote here, I get so many requests. It's, it's, first of all, I get, it's funny. My husband said to me this morning, he's like, wow, you turned down like 90% of people who ask you to go on. Yeah, because I'm not, I'm not catering to the mainstream media anymore. I'm done with that. You've been exposed. I'm not interested in giving you my time. That's one. I get so many requests for partnerships on social media and on this show. And I only will work with companies that I know. I know their value system. I know who runs those businesses. I know how those businesses are run. I extensively research every single one. I talk to the business owners myself. I use the products myself because I know what's going on with some of these companies and it's disgusting. I wouldn't, I don't drink. So it wouldn't be hard for me. I wouldn't buy Bud Light if I was dying of thirst in the desert. I'd be like this trying to lick up some speck of water from somewhere before I'd swallow and, and, and drink any of their garbage because it's disgusting what's going on. It really is. Okay, last topic of the day is also a smart topic. I played up the smarts today because, you know, we got to do that sometimes. We have to distinguish ourselves, right? We're not here just to take on the modern women. We're here to take on the matrix as well. So we got to remind everybody we got the smarts. I wanted to show you this video because I think the United States is, you know, we had a conversation with Sartorial Shooter the other day. He was talking about Dubai. A lot of people are fleeing to Dubai. I don't know if you've noticed in this space. Um, who are concerned about the decay of America and what's going to happen next in this country. And he talked about that a lot. And I, I talk about the social credit system and the central bank digital currencies and all that. Watch this video. This is the last video that we're going to share today. This is in China. Millions of Chinese people can't take trains and planes anymore because of their low social credit store score. Listen to this. Okay, so, I mean, define disorderly. I love these words, people who are disorderly. Define that and just think about in the last couple of years what, think about the word non-compliant. 
And how many of you would have fallen into that category? Maybe you didn't want an experimental injection. Maybe you didn't want to wear a mask. Maybe you didn't want to, whatever it was, whatever it was that targeted your freedom, your individual liberty, your rights, your bodily autonomy, whatever it was that challenged that, Think about if there was a social credit system and you got a, a, a point deduction every time you didn't follow the rules. And as a result, your mobility was restricted, your travel was restricted, your ability to drive, your ability to purchase food at the grocery store, whatever it may be, was restricted until you did comply. Imagine that world. That is what the three-letter organizations want for the U.S. of A. That is what we're talking about when we're talking about the World Economic Forum. That's what we're talking about when we talk about Anthony Fauci and Bill Gates and all of these people. They would be very happy to have a compliant population because that means that you no longer get to stand up for the life you want and your own freedom. You have no say. You have to do what they say in order to get freedom of movement, freedom of food, Freedom of transportation, all of it. Is it coming? It's already here. Now, maybe it doesn't look like it does in China because of the history that we have in this country. We have some constitutional foundation, albeit dwindling. But given the constitution that we do have, look what they got away with in two years. You couldn't, I swear, I was in New York City. I couldn't go. I already had COVID. Okay, I had documented immunity from COVID. I had COVID once in the beginning. I was okay. And I never got it again. That was it. It was done. I couldn't go to a gym in Manhattan. I couldn't go because I I didn't have a card to show because I wasn't getting the injection. They were able to do that in the supposed land of the free. How far are we really from? Oh, you're disorderly. Minus five. You don't get to drive today. Sorry. Oh, you're non-compliant. Just think about where this is going so that the next time you have a choice of who to vote for, do it smart. Do it smart. I'm telling you. All right, everyone. I want to thank you for being with me today. I know this was a little bit of a different show, but I like to spice it up. Um, again, there's going to be shows geared toward the modern women. There's going to be shows geared toward the matrix. This is stuff that needed to be said. And people don't like to say it because they're afraid of getting canceled. I don't care. So... <laughs> Here I am. I'm your biggest effing nightmare media. Anyway, hit that subscribe button. Hit that like button. You know I love you. And I will be back on Monday with some flavor. See you soon. Oh, and I have a great, oh man, I have a great debate that's coming up for you guys. I just got to get, I got to get it scheduled, but you're going to love it. Oh, you're going to love it. See you soon. Bye.